This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 7.15 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And now a look at the art scene, funding and basically whether enough is being done to support art and artists in Malaysia. So this stems from a press statement on the 21st of July from, and I'm going to try to say this in a way that evokes the name, uh, Reformartsi. Um, and they, are, uh, they essentially release a statement urging the government to develop incentives aligned with cultural work to assist the struggling performing arts community. Um, they posted it up on Facebook. Facebook, if you'd like to have a read, and it goes with the caption, arts practitioners who recently applied for grants were d- disappointed in having to deal with payments being delayed with little or no response to their questions. While we thank the government for the much needed grants, we also would like to urge them to allocate necessary resources, skills and people to continue growing and managing the arts industry. So Reformatsi, to copy you, is a coalition of 118 Malaysian artists and 55 arts organizations. They've been advocating for policy change when it comes to arts funding, arts education, freedom of expression. Now, um, their point with this latest statement is that the performing arts sector has been severely affected by the pandemic um, and that despite having had discussions with the Cultural Economy Development Agency or Chandana, the Ministry of Finance and um, the UNDP, uh, the, the UNDP Malaysia to address this um, and, and post that there have been various funding programs rolled out specifically by Chandana, but that those who applied for these funds have actually been struggling with late payments, some are still waiting for funding, and that this has then been greeted by slow um, and sometimes no response from Chandana. Um, and so they're essentially saying that uh, it's a tough time uh, that the idea was to create a sort of security, um, a safety net for artists and, and to provide this sort of funding, but that when it's not executed properly, when it doesn't arrive at a, at a, in a timely fashion, then we're back to square one, that we still have struggling artists that need money. There's a lot of nuance here, actually, because... Um it's not a question of there being no money. I think mm. it's it's partly a question of uh, when it is that the money comes in and whether or not as a whole um, there is support. And support is not just financial either, right? It comes down to this question of um, resource and growth and, and all these different things that don't always have to do with money. And the reason why I'm making that distinction is because um, part of the statement also pointed out that the performing arts industry cannot be viewed primarily through a commercial lens. It's not only about making profit. Um, there are other there are other values right that need to be taken into account including uh, community strengthening critical thinking um, culture so all of which to say um, a lot of interesting points being brought up and we are going to explore them um, shortly after this with Jun Tan who is a representative from Reformatsi but let us know um, with all this in mind then, do you think we need a National Arts Council? Is that something that would be helpful? You can call WhatsApp Tweet. Um, and now, as promised, we're speaking with Jun Tan, a representative from Reformatsi. Uh, Jun, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Hi. Um, yeah, firstly, sorry. Thanks for trying to pronounce our name. Um, <laughs> and I like the take on it, but I uh, would exercise some caution because I think you mentioned you pronounce it as Reform Marxi, and we can talk about this later. But actually, we want to try and not make it about the market. Um, so, firstly, apologies for all the puns. You know, we can't, we can't help ourselves. 
um, but we trying to say like we from artsy. Um, uh, you see. To- I should, should have followed. You know, honestly, you you put the correct alphabets in caps. It's just a, it's the difficulty of a written joke. I think that's what I'm going to put it down to. Um, but we ran through the the points that were brought up in the statement. Um, can you tell us what prompted it? Right. Um, what what exactly are you calling for? Uh, typical uh, Malaysians complaining again prompted the statement. Um, but the complaint was actually very valid because um, recently, I think about two years ago. There were suddenly uh, actually under the Panjana um, Panjana grant, you know, coming out of COVID, the Ministry of Finance was actually very keen to see how they can help uh, all the different sectors. So we were called in and they had a chat with us and we kind of mentioned like what we needed, which was actually not to, um, they were looking at Panjana and Pamule and start recovering. But we were saying that we can't even recover. We just need to survive. You know, we don't want people to leave the arts because the uh, COVID had really affected us. So then there was a series of incentives, grants that came out. So 18 million actually was given out to the arts from, uh, I think, starting from 2020, which is really uh, unprecedented for us. And okay, unprecedented, unprecedented, uh, unprecedented is the word that's being used and bandied about a lot in this pandemic, but for the arts, it was really like, wow, that's amazing. It's so much money um, in the arts. Um, and we hadn't, if you think about the previous budget, I think they allocated only 1 million. And I think half of it went to revitalizing the city, not, not for the arts. Um, so there was a lot of uh, grant schemes. There were a lot of grants. So a lot of artists applied for that um, and they got approved. Uh, and once the project started, they started to realize that the payments of the funds were very were delayed, or some of them didn't get uh, the money, or they didn't get further notice about the the status of the grant. So they tried calling the agencies, but the response was very slow, or there was non no response. So they kind of got really worried because you have a project running and there is no um, because you got the grant, but because the funds are not forthcoming they couldn't move on with the project. So they didn't know what to do. You know, do I stop my project? Do I, do I tell everybody we're really sorry, but we can't proceed and everything. So, um, and this happened to, to many artists. So we felt like, okay, maybe we should prompt the government with a statement um, saying that, you know, what's going on. And when we were discussing this among themselves, we got an opportunity to speak to Chandana, one of the agencies that was disturb- dispersing the, the grant and they actually told us that uh, in, in this two years where they had to give out 18 million, they had to give up to, because artists are very, they're all freelance. So, um, and the grant money was a bit small, like a thousand five to 3000 for some, and then some were like 30,000. So they had a lot of artists. So they were managing like a thousand five hundred grantees um, over two years. And this 18 million had to be given out within two years. And if you do the maths, it's, it's quite, it's quite <laughs> amazing because on average, like a personnel in the agency was dealing with 150 artists um, who had their funds approved, grants approved, and dishing out 1.8 um, kind of uh, million dollars. So we were like, oh, that's that's quite a, and there were, because there were 10, there were 10 people working in the agency's team. So like, that's a lot of work for one person. So then we realized that's clearly a misgap. So there is money that's allocated, but then not necessarily the resources needed um, or required to actually help 
disperse that grant effectively and timely to the industry. So it made us feel like, okay, um, it's great that you have these incentives, but could you also look at um, building up the art management system, art management infrastructure to actually enable this, these incentives to come to the community to, to be kind of distributed in like fairly and promptly. So, so that's why we came out with press statement, yeah. Mm. You know, so that statement mentioned a number of issues that the arts community has faced with Chandana. You touched on a couple there. Uh, could you outline uh, what what these issues have been? Um, yeah, so I think basically it was just uh, non-communication. It was really hard to get access. Um, and I guess I sound like an average Malaysian when I say that it's really hard to to get an answer from the authority sometimes. Um, and so we've, we really faced that with um, Chandana. Um, but to give them, to be fair, to give them credit, like they were also open to, to meet up with us and to actually tell us kind of the issues they were facing. And so we were like, why don't you just kind of hire more people, uh, more experienced art managers or get the necessary uh, resources that you need so that you can this, this disperse the grants, roll out your programs and really start to position, you know, arts and the performing arts, non-commercial arts and performing arts um, to play the role that they're supposed to play in society. Because um, it's not just artists, right? I mean, agencies, funders, um, investors, they also are part of the, the ecosystem. They play a role and they also need the necessarily necessary skills um, so it's not just throwing money at something. It's actually hiring the right people, the right amount of people, um, getting your programs out. Um, so it it made us think that actually where is your priority? You know, it's not something like, okay, we're going to give this money and then that's it. I, we don't look at developing other aspects of it at the same time. We've been talking a lot about money. Um, so the coalition <laughs> did make a point of saying that the arts cannot be viewed through a commercial lens. Its value must also be seen to be lying elsewhere. And uh, this is something I also feel quite strongly about. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is, because we were lumped in, when you think about arts, you know, they're trying to lump us into this creative industry term. Um, and I think creative industry could be useful for some um, aspects of like you know like the the arts the art spectrum has some spectrum that um, can actually be commercialized and and turn into a product like whether it's design uh, craft um, you know film or tv or you know kind of like recording music but you know because it's a spectrum you know there is a, a segment of performing arts and also the visual arts that actually deals with more like um critical thinking, dealing with building community, uh, dealing with culture, you know, kind of figuring out, asking the questions to society, getting people to think. Um, so it's not entirely about uh, kind of like a financial transaction, like we make a product for you to consume. Uh, so that's not necessary. So for, for all arts form. And I think this distinction needs to be very clear. And I remember having a discussion because I'm from Five Arts Centre, uh, we are Sindirian Berhad, and we had a discussion with income tax because we needed, we, we became a Sindirian Berhad to allow us to uh, apply for grants. But income tax department was like, why did you become a company if you are not profit generating? 
you know, why? And then we say, well, we can't. We, there's no way the type of work that we do, which is experimental, um, can actually generate profit. It doesn't make sense. Um, but he was just like flummoxed. He was just like, why did you set up a company then? So, you know, the idea of really like profit being the sole uh, goal of an arts company or an artist, um, I think that needs to, to change a little bit. So you um, basically are urging the government to develop incentives that align uh, with cultural work to help the struggling performing arts community. So what should these incentives be focusing on? Well, firstly, arts education for sure, because I really see the how it's linked to artists' uh, audience development. You know, who are our future audiences? It's people who, through this national education system, are exposed to arts know how to engage with arts, understand the vocabulary, see arts as value. And then when they become adults, then they will purchase a ticket <laughs> and come and watch our shows. And it might our show might be difficult, it might be challenging, it might be thought-provoking, but it's useful. It's useful because it makes them think. So arts education is key. Um, and, you know, of course, education itself is very political and it's got a whole host of issues. Um, but the government needs to find a way of getting more artists into schools to kind of teach them uh, all these kind of different, different art forms. And you think about your own education um, kind of experience, like in, in a national school, like how many art lessons did you have a week? Um, right now, it's still one period. So 40 minutes of art, you know, that's, that's how much we get in a week. Um, and that normally means like potato printing or playing, you know, everyone's favorite instrument, the recorder, you know, or something like that. So we don't learn about, you know, traditional arts. We don't learn about our contemporary artists. We don't learn about, uh, you know, culture that comes from uh, art, forms, art forms around us. Yeah. So arts education is very key. And of course, the other one is also a bit uh, in the news right now, which is freedom of expression. Um, there has to be a mechanism for uh, the authorities and the artists to this to really get on board and discuss the rights of an artist. You know the rights of um, the rights of because not all their work they do is um, is threatening or is insulting to everyone. There can be sector of uh, society that disagrees with them, but how do we navigate that? So really standard operating procedures, you know, discussion with artists needs to be held. Like, how do you move forward? Because artists have rights too, you know. For every single complaint you have against one person, person's work, there could be a hundred people that were not offended and didn't complain. So I think you need to take that into account. So this too. Mm. June, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. That was Jun Tan, a representative from Reformatsi, talking about uh, their recent press statement and what they're calling for. And um, keep those thoughts coming. Just BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, BFM 89.9, The Business Station.